0: Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, the Lakers have finished as the seven seed in the West. They'll take on the Minnesota Timberwolves Tuesday in the play-in. All that and more next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day Monday through Friday. Sometimes on weekends. No matter how or where you get your podcast, it's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Locked On Lakers on YouTube, uh, quickly up getting up to fifteen thousand subscribers. Uh, that is a that is where you go to see the show, to engage with us, to engage with uh, community that community of Lakers fans that I just mentioned. Uh, and it is going to be a place that's hopping. Ahead of the play-in game on Tuesday, the Lakers finish as the seven seed. On Sunday, they beat Utah one twenty-eight one seventeen at the Crypt. Um, so we'll get into that game. We'll get into uh, everything that the Lakers have done over the last couple of weeks. Um, it has been crazy. Um, a lot of it good. A couple worrisome things, Andy. But first, want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First-time users can receive a one hundred percent 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. So, um, Andy, so I, there's there are some things I know we texted during the game and we're, we're talking about it a little bit afterwards that are a little bit concerning heading into Tuesday's game. But um, ultimately, the Lakers got the job done on Sunday. Um, LeBron looked really good in the process. Uh, and the Lakers finished as the seven seed. And that is a pretty impressive finish post trade deadline.
1: It's really remarkable (laughs) when you consider the two and 10 start and all of the angst that has accompanied the overwhelming majority of this season. You know, whether you're talking about what was going to be the ultimate fate of Russell Westbrook with this team, whether you're talking about the long term future of lebron or ad or both with this organization you know whether that that partnership this era had run its course you know the the questions about darvin ham and you know what what we had seen from him so far like other than what was pretty clear he was very good at keeping these guys engaged and fighting like you know how good he was as an actual coach like all the willingness to spend money like All of these different things have been swirling around this organization for the majority of the season. They've spent probably 80% of it below 500 to finish the season four games above 500, which we noted on the last podcast. Last time that happened, you got to go back to the 2021 season with Andre Drummond and Mark Gasol, Montrez Harold, Dennis Schroeder, 1.0. Like, there's been an awful lot that has transpired that ultimately speaks to the great work Rob Palinka did at the trade deadline and even a little bit before that acquiring Rui Hachimura, the Darwin Ham, like we said, the ability to keep guys fighting and maintaining, you know, that 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 sense of purpose in yeah. There was felt. belief.
0: There was a yeah. real belief, even when things were ugly before the trade deadline through injuries and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like you say, it was the Lakers were 40 and 29 after the, the, the two and 10 start. Um, but that is strongly backloaded. The, yes, the it is. vast majority of that, um, of that over 500 stretch came after the trade deadline when the, you know, the something else to
1: reconstructed. Something else too beyond like the fight that these guys were willing to display Throughout the entire year, despite all of the clouds hanging over this organization, this was not a team that was giving up. We talked about that a lot. D'Angelo Russell also talked after this win about the the energy that was brought by the new guys. You know, himself, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, Mo Bamba. Just, they were guys that were not impacted by everything that had led to the moment when they were acquired they were just a a breath of fresh air of different energy and delo said like he could tell this was needed like their their presences were needed beyond just skill sets and making the roster better like th- they needed some guys that had not been for lack of a better way of putting it traumatized yes. <laughs> by by this season and frankly last season well yeah well. but
0: i and i but i think it, and I, again, I mean, look, the Clippers have kind of recovered a little bit. They're starting to play better. They seem to have found a good way to, to to work Russ in. And, you know, context matters. Different set of shooters, all kinds of spacing. Like, it's, it's, it's a different deal over there. And over there is, you know, a couple miles away <laughs> than it is over here, so to speak. Um, but without boiling it down to everything Russ-related, it's, it's not it's a different kind of energy like when you see there's a happiness there's a joyfulness to it and that can kind of only come if you are not coming from the, the as you you know the, the trauma as you put it and you know the people who are happy to be in LA you know d happy to come back um and you know seize the opportunity in coming back you have You know, guys like Beasley, you bring in the energy of a Vanderbilt. You all these other things, and you fundamentally change the the mood to something. You know, when D'Lo, for example, is celebrating with his arms up as balls are going in the air from three point range and all that kind of stuff. You know, for his teammates, he you know you see the 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 plays where he's off to the side doing what we do at home when LeBron does something really cool. You see everybody on the team now doing the, you know, the the ice water in the veins thing. Yeah, it it was the happy moments earlier in the year if there were any. But to the extent that there were any happy moments, they were so forced and they were so temporary and they were so much of dudes trying to make the best of something that was just obviously imperfect. And, I mean, I think what you have now is a genuine sense of opportunity, of 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 something hopeful for the... Because, like, look, I mean, Andy, even if the Lakers had managed to kind of get it together with the Russ core and all that, there wasn't any real belief that, first of all, that the team had a real future this season, a real opportunity. And more than that, I don't think anybody thought like, okay, what are we gonna do next year? Like right. There's cap space sort of, but like not I mean, like. and it, everything was redone at the deadline. And you look at you know the what they were able to overcome with the injuries and you know either, even including the LeBron through this period where they made up a lot of ground in the west and, and yep. built up this this record.
1: LeBron actually said after the game as well that one of the things that made him really, I think this might have been the words that he said, like fall in love with his team, um, was the period where he wasn't playing mm-hmm. and just seeing what they were doing, how well they were playing, you know, for each other as a group, you know, make, making themselves the greatest sum of their parts, while obviously missing one of the biggest ones in LeBron and occasionally missing. Other pretty big ones like AD D'Lo D'Lo, like, right? It, it motivated him, and LeBron has talked about this. And there were reports beyond that. It motivated him to get himself back on the court asap. Find the LeBron of feet to to tell him to do something other than surgery, because it's been really clear he likes this roster. Again, yeah. called them my guys. My guys is code for I like this.
0: Yeah, and you know I think he was going to go full out on rehab until the team gave him a reason not to. And the team never gave him a reason not to. Uh, and that is impressive. And, you know, in a game, and we'll get to some of the ebbs and flows of this one and, and some of the concerns here in a second, but um, the the most positive thing to come from Sunday's game was this was a great performance from LeBron, who is, you know... To say had a couple clunkers <laughs> in the last uh, couple games would be an understatement. He was great on Sunday, thirteen to twenty-five, eight of fourteen from three-point range. Really working on dialing that that perimeter shot back into a place where it can be a weapon for the Lakers um, in what hopefully will be a real postseason opportunity. Um, Thirty-six points, uh, you know, six assists, six rebounds. Only a couple turnovers. Um, he had been very loose with the ball um, over the last couple games, loose with his you know, decision making and all that. Sunday, he was pretty locked in from the beginning. Got off to a great start, and this was the kind of LeBron performance that you want to see heading into um, you know a play in, and then hopefully a playoff against Memphis.
1: Yeah, he was also just super lively. I mean, this whole game, his energy was really high. Um, Our buddy Mike Trudell, who does sideline reporting for the Lakers, also one of the hosts of the Lakers Film Room podcast, he said that LeBron looked especially locked in during his pregame workout. Like, this was a very no-nonsense vibe. And it was great to see LeBron like this, A, just because obviously it benefited the team, but also, too, if LeBron had had another low-energy game, like, you know, that energy that has been waning For several uh, of the ones leading up to this, you know, people would have been going ballistic because he was in Portland the night before (laughs) watching his son play. And I, I get it, as he noted after the game, you know, he grew up without a father. So he knows what it means to be there present as a father. And nobody with, you know, with an ounce of humanity is going to criticize him for that instinct. But if it cost him performance on the court, at a time where his team really needs it and his energy has been. Right. If he'd been coming and- off
0: three great games, it right. might be different, but he, he wasn't
1: oh, by his I, own admission. He's been exhausted. Yeah. And I <laughs> so. think, but
0: I think he was aware of that. And sure. I, I think, I think, you know, and it was fun too. It also helps. Bronny had a really good game. Um, so I, th- I'm sure, I think he probably came back home feeling energized and, and good about that. And I've seen people say, you know, you don't um, want to get
1: outplayed by your son.
0: Too. no, I, I've seen on both sides of this thing people being like, it's
1: not a big deal.
0: He, you know, he he you know, has a driver taken to a private jet which flies to Portland with driver. It's like, okay, but he's still like you're you're out of the house. you're you're doing you're stuff.
1: describing an NBA season. These guys fly private all right. year. if if that was it, they'd never be tired.
0: And I've also seen people say, you know, um oh my God, he's going to, you know, what does he do? like as if he was, you know LeBron, who is notoriously frugal, was standing in line at LAX. You know to to get in the A's for for Southwest. I mean, it's like he wasn't doing that either. Uh, but it was good that he he came out with a good game. The Lakers, though, were not not super sharp uh, as a group on Sunday. Um, I know that is something that is slightly concerning for you, Andy. Uh, so we'll talk about that next, as well as. Talk about the uh, playing opponent, the Minnesota the Timberwolves. Timberwolves. The fighting Literally. Timberwolves of Minnesota.
1: Uh, that's all next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Prize Picks and Laker fans. If you have not signed up for Prize Picks, you are missing out on daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. More NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. They offer the superstar players, the bench players just pick two to six players and predict whether they will notch more or less than their prize pick stats projections. And you can win up to 25 times your ducats and prize Picks offers projections on everything from baseball to PGA, like real golf to disc golf, which we call fun golf, whatever every sport out there. Just use the award-winning app on both the app store, and Google play and just can be made in 60 seconds or less safe. Fast withdrawals. Download the Prize Picks app or go to PrizePicks.com. Sign up, play daily fantasy sports, and first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. So don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On again at the sign-up for the instant match. If you are not playing Prize Picks, you don't know what you're missing. Um, all right, so. Yeah, you
0: know, the Lakers got off to a really good start in the first quarter on Sunday. They built the lead, I think, up to thirteen, as much as thirteen in the first. Finished at six. They built the lead up to nine at the half, and then they kind of busted out with you know they built it back up into double digits, at, you know, in the third quarter. And they struggled to put Utah away. And to you know the the credit of the Jazz, you know, they played hard. You've got professionals and Kelly olinick and Chris Dunn and blah 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 blah. It has been a pattern for the Lakers to, uh, particularly against these sort of um, uh, lesser opponents, shall we say, throw the Clipper game out. Um, They they have the Clippers were all in, all in that all in scheduled loss. I mean, the like the 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 circumstances for that game for the Lakers were legitimately challenging. Um, Broadly, though, I think you could certainly make an argument that the Lakers have not been. You know, super duper sharp, certainly haven't been burying teams uh that they they've had some inconsistencies in their play. they've been getting the job done. They've been winning the games. but um it, it, for whatever reason, and I have my own theories, um they you know Sunday was a good example they they did not put this game away in in the same fashion that say, uh, Brooklyn, or I'm sorry, uh, the the Warriors did against Portland. <laughs> that oh, that my. game,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that oh, game. My. I mean,
0: <laughs> the, the, if if you missed it, the the Warriors beat Portland on Sunday, 157 <laughs> to 101, <laughs> um, and and this one was over quick. Golden State was up 55 to 27 after the first quarter. Like <laughs> there was no doubt. Uh, who was winning that game. And, you know, I I don't expect necessarily the Lakers to do that, but um, a little more consistency, I think, would be a comforting factor um, going into a a play-in situation, and then obviously you hope the first round of the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I don't want to overshadow the big picture, which is the Lakers overcame these obstacles to get themselves this seven-seed you know they you and i had talked about needing to go 5 and 2 over the last 7 games just to secure themselves safely at minimum into the play in mix they went 6 and 1 mm-hmm. so they they exceeded our best right and then right? and then safely turned into us the seventh seed right that being said though they they've had opportunities to sharpen themselves against you know Utah twice uh, playing you know, the, the, a skeleton crew and then the skeleton crew version of the skeleton crew. Right. You it's know, a, they, it's a,
0: a disciplined team, a hard-playing team, but not a terribly talented one. Right.
1: They went up against Phoenix playing, you know, like their seventh man was their go-to guy. Like, you know, they, they, they've had these opportunities to really dominate and really control games, and they haven't done it. And... I, I I understand that there are elements like fatigue at play. I know that the schedule down the stretch for them has been legitimately exhausting. I'm not I'm not looking I don't see that as an excuse. I see that as a legitimate explanation for what's been going on. However, they only have a day off before this play-in game versus Minnesota. So the issues of fatigue are not going to go away for this play-in game just because you've shifted now from the regular season to the play-in. Um, even even acknowledging the urgency that's going to be there for this game. And you know it is a different urgency even than just securing yourself a play-in seed. You want to be playing your best heading into something like this. And the Lakers have not been playing their best. No, they have. And, and look, they you know their energy has been lacking at times. They've been missing Dennis Schurter the last two games. Dennis Schurter, if nothing, brings energy to the table. Uh, Dave, McMenamin from, Dave McMenamin from ESPN um, reported that the team expects him to be back for Tuesday. Um, he's been listed as dealing with neck spasms. He's been listed as dealing with an Achilles uh, soreness. So, you know, having Schroeder back will obviously be helpful. And, you know, when we discussed the Wolves, the last game they played against Minnesota, uh, that win Schroeder defensively was outstanding. But it is a bit concerning to see them not playing at a particularly sharp level at a time when you want to be playing your best.
0: Yeah, I, I, there are a couple ways, and I've kind of been thinking about this for a lot of the day because I, I do think I do think the, the fatigue factor is real. Um, people who've listened to the podcast last week would know that you know my big concern of you know my big uh, hedge for the for the kind of semi-trendy um, choice of the Lakers as making a really deep run through the playoffs um, is this fatigue factor. I think they have been peddled down. For so long at this point, on the one hand, you know, you're used to that playoff atmosphere and that, I guess, is helpful. But on the other hand, you're using playoff energy and to use playoff energy before you get to the playoffs uh, for too long is is not a great is not a great thing. Um, so I, I do think the fatigue matters. And I, I think because of that, you see a certain amount of measuring, uh, particularly from LeBron, um, maybe a little bit less from A.D., um and you know obviously I think yeah you know, I'm not worried about them coming out like and not caring or something about uh, you know on Tuesday or whatever. Um yeah I don't know if they're going to play well or not, but I mean they'll they'll have the requisite want. Um I would think when they when they get on the floor on Tuesday. I there are a couple things that I am I am kind of wondering about though. The first one is AD. Um and this little shift over the last few games from AD as this sort of dominant force to again, kind of being neutralized a little bit by overplaying defenses and, and things like that. Um, but I also, I do think to some degree, the Lakers have turned things around in a way that's so remarkable and it and have sparked the imagination of people in such a way that, I do wonder sometimes if we as a basketball viewing public and you know, Lakers fans who watch the team or whatever it might be are getting ahead of what the top end looks like here. Like what's sort of the the top range? I think we know what the very top maybe looks like and how well they can play when they're playing at their max, but like what's the 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 top twenty-five percent? Like, what does that really look like? And I don't think we've seen the group long enough. To kind of to get a real feel. So there are there are moments when I, I think it's a little bit easy to underestimate what the top end is supposed to look like in terms of like consistent output. You know.
1: What do you is, mean is by underestimate? I don't understand.
0: I'm not sure they're as, as good as the imagination has sparked. I'm not sure they're quite as capable of playing dominant. In the way that I think some of the talk about the team has gone, and I'm not saying, and I say this because I don't think we've just we haven't seen enough of it, and so they got so good so quickly compared to what they were, that you know I don't know if those you know the five or six games that then they come out and they they look like they're a really dominant team is that their top five percent or was that their top? 20%. Like, you know, because there's a big difference where you are on your curve in terms of like what a game like this really means. This by you. the way, this
1: is separate from the trendiness of, you know, the the Lakers could come out of the west, they're the team that all of a sudden nobody wants to play. Like forget forget all of the noise. Like the noise is just the noise and the noise doesn't matter and and look, to let people be- behind the curtain a bit for the industry that Brian and I work in and have for a long time, sometimes the noise is just a way of keeping people watching and listening. Oh? and <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, no, you're right. It is often that. I'm judging them against themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, however far they go in the playoffs is however far they go in the playoffs. I do think the West is pretty wide open. I do I agree. think if they play at their top end, they could advance a round or two. Absolutely, um, you know, the, you have to judge them. Really, their record post trade deadline and post trade deadline, they've been more or less as good as every team in the West. No question. Um, but either way, I'm not thinking about this in terms of ooh, it, maybe, maybe people are right. Yeah, you know, I'm not really listening to any. No, of that. I don't,
0: I, I don't... I'm only thinking in terms of trying to evaluate. Like, I'm just evaluating how, how below expectations and below capabilities are the games they've played in the last few days. I think you very, know, that's, horrible. that's what it, I'm talking. About. We, um the, to say the, the wolves had an interesting Easter Sunday uh, would be an understatement. So the Lakers have an opponent. It is the fighting Timberwolves of Minnesota. And we'll get to that next.
1: Locked on Lakers is brought to you by ultimate pro basketball GM. And it is the coolest game I've played in a long time. I've always thought that I could be a really great NBA GM. I sure talk on this podcast like I could do it. And as it turns out, it's not really that easy. Apologies, Rob Palenka. Apologies, Mitch Kupchak. No apologies to David Kahn though. It's not that hard. But, um, if you've ever thought before in, that you could manage your own basketball franchise, go download ultimate pro basketball GM right now. The game allows you to manage every single strategic aspect of a franchise. You go through seasons, uh, leading your franchise and the fans to glory. As you're trying to build a dynasty, you deal with personality issues. Uh, Timberwolves should play this game. Uh, you hire the coaches, the assistants, you trade players, you train them, you make draft picks, you navigate your franchise through free agencies, all the ups and downs. Plus, you can talk trash to your friends while playing the game, just like all the Locked On Lakers hosts do with their teams. I run the LA Knights under the pseudonym Chaz Bartender. And this challenging, realistic game is Ultimate Pro GM. It is completely free. It's playable offline. You play it on the go as you want, whenever you want. And Locked On Lakers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code On in the game store. So check that out all caps locked on to download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com scan the code or look it up in the app store. Again, probasketballgm.com the promo code locked on for that 100% free boost ultimate pro basketball GM start your dynasty today.
0: Um, if the Lakers Andy are going to avoid the, uh, the uh, the fatigue factor being a true burden, it would be real helpful to win on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, get yourself a couple days off. You have to play twice, and even if you make it through, now you're facing Denver. You know, without any rest in between, uh, that is a bad situation. Um the the Wolves <laughs> uh, are there going to be their opponent. Kudos to Minnesota on an extraordinarily odd day. <laughs> for that team to win the game and and get up into that seven, eight um, they beat the Pelicans on Sunday, despite losing uh, McDaniels uh, to a broken hand. He punched a wall in the tunnel, apparently after picking up a, a second foul. Um, and so he is presumably out for the he game is out. on Tuesday. I, I, I think Lakers fans at this point just assume everyone who's ever injured is, is magically will heal themselves before they play the Lakers. But that was even the, the weirdest thing. The stranger thing happened in the uh, huddle before the half, where was it, it was after the half, I believe. It no, it was before the half. Before the half, right. And then they argued again later, mm-hmm. um, where Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson, slow mo as they call him, um, got into a, a, a shouting match in the, in the huddle of a timeout. And Gobert punched Kyle Anderson and was sent back to the locker room, and eventually just sent home. Uh, presumably not to France, but you know wherever he was staying. That's their team. That's the opponent that the Lakers are getting on um, on Tuesday. I am. We have not heard whether or not Gobert will be suspended uh, by the Wolves internally. I would be surprised if they would just take a guy off the roster unless it was so obvious that nobody on the team wanted to play with him. Gobert did put out a statement afterwards on social media apologizing Um, apologizing to Anderson, saying uh, emotions got the best of me today. I should not have reacted the way I did, regardless of what was said. I would have left that part out. Uh, I want to apologize to fans, the organization, and particularly to Kyle, who is someone that I truly love and respect as a teammate. The Wolves have been a really bad matchup for the Lakers over the last year or two. The last game the Lakers played against the Wolves, though they throttled them it was a great game one of the best games the lakers have played yeah, you know, really all year what's your early impression by the way we're going to preview this game for tuesday with ben beekman host of locked on Ben beacon uh, ben beacon thank you a uh, host of locked on uh, uh wolves who you've had on the show before um and that should be a lot of fun your initial impression of this game especially given everything that
1: went on on sunday well, first of all, I want to lay out a little more details about what went on. Some of the uh, some reporting from ESPN, they were arguing uh, Gobert and Anderson on opposite sides of a second quarter huddle, with sources describing the verbiage, including Anderson telling Gobert to block some shots and Gobert telling Anderson to grab a bleep and rebound. To start, it was a fairly ordinary and emotional huddle with a playoff spot on the line in the final game of the regular season, but sources said Gobert lost his temper and fired a punch into Anderson's chest after Anderson told him to shut the bleep up Leap. that's what set rudy off one source told espn and soon the dispute escalated in the 7-1 gobert stepping past coaches and teammates to throw a punch that landed into anderson's chest um, from the athletic the tension between gobert and anderson spilled into the halftime locker room as well with the two having a heated verbal exchange multiple sources with direct knowledge of the events have told the athletic anderson and gobert confronted each other multiple sources said anderson challenged the center at one point saying i'll knock your ass out Teammates quickly separated them before anything turned physical. Uh, Mike Conley was apparently a big force, as he always is, in uh, calming people down, cooler heads prevailing. A statement came from the Timberwolves. Uh, Tim Connolly, the president, quote, we made the decision to send Rudy Gobert home after the incident in the second quarter. His behavior on the bench was unacceptable, and we will continue handling the situation internally. To me, and uh, again, this is just me, also, uh, Zach Lowe, Told uh, ESPN uh, sources told him that Gobert had been playing through uh, back soreness and discomfort, and had reached his limitations on his back. I guess when arguing with Anderson, I guess the idea of being that like he's like, look, dude, I'm doing the best I, best can. I can. I can barely right. move. Blah blah blah. Um, I'm seeing reports that it has not been settled whether or not there will be a suspension or right. anything like
0: I, that. I was reading the same. I, I'm just saying I'd be surprised if they would take but, somebody off the table unless the, the rest of the, well, the
1: locker room said, we don't want them out there. Well, that's what... Uh, the idea that Anderson was not seemingly disciplined at all, despite there being multiple reports of Anderson throwing out some pretty salty language, and Gobert was the one sent home, obviously I know there was the punch... But it makes me think that there's been stuff going on with Gobert, which would be easy to believe because it seems like there's always <laughs> stuff Rudy Gobert. going on with Gobert. Um, it could speak to a locker room that is uh, frazzled, if nothing else, or certainly in, in a high-tension mindset right now. It's also worth noting that you know beyond not having McDaniels, who is a very good player, he's had a terrific season for Minnesota – the wolves will also not have Nas Reed, yep. their backup center, who unfortunately broke his wrist because he was having a phenomenal year, particularly against the Lakers. But that's another uh, reason
0: I don't think that they would send Gobert home because now you basically just, you got like Cat. I don't even know who else they have, and you don't want you don't want Cat to have to deal with AD all game long, like right. without much support. That is. But, that is not a good recipe for Minnesota.
1: No, I, I I don't disagree. But, you know, again, it depends on just how bad things have gotten, how much Gobert has, I guess, crossed the line leading up to this point. But, you know, they've, they've played the Timberwolves twice in the new look era. The first one they lost in L.A. It was in March. Uh, it was a game without LeBron, but Minnesota didn't have uh, Carl-Anthony Towns. They did, though, have Nas Reed. Who had 15 8 and two steals off the bench. This recent game, the Lakers did a phenomenal job uh, defensively, whether you're talking about Jared Vanderbilt uh, really taking it to Anthony Edwards, like other guys defended him well. You know, Troy Brown had some uh, good possessions against him, Rui Hachimura, but it was really Vanderbilt. And I don't remember the exact line off the top of my head, but I know Edwards had more field goal attempts than points. In that game, he was like 4 of 16, something like that, from the field. Rui Hachimura's defense against Carl Anthony Towns was phenomenal. Absolutely changed the game for the Lakers. And Dennis Schroeder did a really, really good job like in point of attack defense. Yeah, it was. This, this
0: was arguably the best game the Lakers played all year. It was it was in a in a must have game against a team with with just as much to play for uh, on the road. Um, they they did all that stuff, and you, you know, and you were correct. Edwards was four of sixteen. You mentioned the defense and the matchups and
1: all that. Um, it, it it would be you know this. It helps <laughs> that they've played them recently. Yeah. It also helps too that. Delo Beasley and Vanderbilt are all extremely familiar with what Minnesota does because doesn't hurt. You don't, you don't, well, you don't get the normal scouting time that you would for something that is essentially a playoff setting. You know, the turnaround's 24 hours then you're playing again. Yeah, it does. So hurt. yeah, it I think it's actually quite helpful. Um yeah, I always
0: wonder I I I sometimes wonder how much some of these things matter because generally speaking, guys know what's going on. But yeah, to have the opportunity to get somebody who's like there a couple months ago, it's like,
1: yeah. I mean, you that, can recognize nice. sets before they start happening. You know, yeah. between those guys and, you know, LeBron, who's basically memorized the playbook of every single franchise right. around the that, league.
0: It 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 certainly doesn't hurt. Um, so, all right. So we're going to talk to Ben Beacon on Tuesday for the show and really get some 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 good previews where we should have more information about Rudy Gobert by then um, and what the Wolves plan to do. Either way, no Nas Reed and McDaniels will also be out. Those are two big losses for them. And I think the fact the Lakers are playing at home uh, in, in that game in front of a real live full house, the, having that atmosphere there uh, will be a huge lift, I think, for this team. And I, my early diagnosis is, I'd be surprised if they lost. But Minnesota is not a pushover team. And if Gobert plays, I am, uh, I am certain he will be trying real hard to make up for stuff. And Rudy, as much as people make fun of him, often rightly, uh, can be a very effective and impactful player. So we'll see how that goes. Talk to Ben Beacon on Tuesday. Locked and Liquors on YouTube is where you can go to see show and uh, engage with the awesome fans, and uh, viewers that are there. Uh, We'll see everybody Tuesday.